The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, let's move on together again for the Lord for um, that. And um, it's good to see everybody this morning. And we are sure that the purpose of Christmas will be fulfilled in every life in Jesus' name. It is so powerful to come together in God's presence and to celebrate the reason for life with Christ. The son of the living God. And we, we started on, on, on Wednesday at the carol service. If you were at the carol service, shout hallelujah. <laughs> Wasn't that fantastic? Totally, totally fantastic. That's a good place to clap for Jesus. And I, I just, um, all the groups, the children, the teenagers, the choir, the opera, totally out of this world. Totally. Even those that made a lot of effort to sing. I mentioned no name. <laughs> then the wisdom group, the ministers, I mean, they're just fantastic. And we give God the praise and, and glory. Christmas is the reason, really, for living because of what it signifies. Because of Christmas, we can come together. Because Jesus came, we can come together as a people and worship the Most High God. And we are accepted before him. Because of Christmas, families and lives are changing and will continue to change. Because of Christmas, a lot of us are receiving and giving gifts. If you have given a gift this Christmas season, wave to me, I've given a gift this Christmas season. Okay, fantastic. God bless you. If I have received a gift this Christmas season, wave to me. I'm waving also. Okay, if you have neither given nor received a gift this Christmas season, don't wave to me. But I'm here to tell you that that is not a good place to be. That's not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be. And I, and I pray that today you will make the adjustments that is required to be in community, to be, to be in community with God's, with God's people. My wife and I have, are totally very grateful to everyone that has sent us. Today my phone is filled with SMSs and like I will do, I'm going to sit down and read everyone and reply to everyone because every one of those SMSs matters to us. Praise the name of the Lord. They are, they are very important to us. We do not take them for granted. We, we thank everyone that has um, um, given us one kind of gift or the other. We are totally very grateful. And we pray that God, by this time next year, God will have multiplied you a thousand times more in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 
one of my best gifts this season that, has, that I received was a letter from a lady. I'm going to read the letter out. And the letter just, you know, it, it, for me, that, that is, um, how, how do I put it? It may look simple, but the letter just shows that Jesus is alive and that what we are doing really matters. So let's put up the letters. And she goes, good morning, pastor. How are you and the family and your family? I've been trying to recite in my head how I can express my gratitude to you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you and most especially for helping me and my family see God from many angles. You have been a blessing to my marriage. I can never express my gratitude enough. It was with you and of course with the presence of God amongst us that I saw my husband and I and myself decide to, make a, to take a different path in the way we were managing our lives. You helped me out of the deepest, dark, the deepest, darkest times of my married life. And that was, it looked totally, totally impossible. I was helpless, but found strength in the Lord. I still cannot thank you enough for listening to the God on my behalf. I'm saying that because the testimony of what God has done in my life since I joined GFH has been extraordinary. So I'd like to use this opportunity to encourage you to continue to listen to our God and to continue to shine more light on the goodness of his word. What you might not know is that you make a difference. I always knew God, but I just never found the appropriate people or church to help me in my journey. When I came to GFH, one of the things that made us come back to the gathering was of course the fact that we felt the presence of God and of course the pastor was a happy chap with a sense of humor. You made worship with God seem so effortless and that is a true blessing. God will continue to guide you and renew They are not reading. Your strength constantly. You are loved and many, by many and a lot of us look up to you. Well done, sir. I'm taking a bow. Merry Christmas. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the, the, why is this so important? It's so important because everyone that is serving in church, in God's favorite house, contributed to this life change. Praise the name of the Lord. From the guy that parked the car, to the guy that welcomed you at the door, to the choir that sang the song, to the ushers that make us comfortable, to the security people, to the people in junior church. Everyone made a difference. And, and that's what Christmas is about. It's a changed life. This is the fact that people that are disconnected from God can come to a gathering and find God authentically. That is so Totally, totally powerful. Totally powerful. And it never gets old with me. Every time I see a life change, it never gets old. So this morning as we um, delve into the word of God, very briefly, because I know the Christmas chicken is waiting, or goat, or turkey, 
<laughs> I have a very simple assignment this morning. But I want us to worship God first. Is that okay? Okay, let's kind of rise on our foot. I know we've taken this song this morning, but I want us to take it. I want us to take it again. There is a redeemer, Jesus God's own son.
Christ was born is not known to man. At least. No one can prove it. But that Jesus came is not arguable. Praise the name of the Lord. Every historian, archaeologist, everyone attests, even the unbelievers attest to the fact that there was someone that walked the face of this earth whose name was Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So, if we all agree that Jesus came to this world, then I submit it that it's not important. In fact, we can celebrate Christmas every day and it will be relevant. Christmas can be 1st of January, 2nd of January, 3rd of January, every day and it will still be relevant. So why would we allow a tradition that started off from um, a, a non-Christian background and, and we will take it as um, a Christmas day to celebrate Christ? It's very simple. It's very simple. You need to meet the culture where they are and bring God to them where they are. Let me give you an example. Paul was in Athens and the, 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 the people, the Greek in Athens, they were so religious. They had an altar to every god that they knew. So you have an altar if you were in this part of the world, they will have an altar to, to Orumila. They will have an altar to Ifa. They will have an altar to Obatala. They will have an altar to give me an Igbo god, little letter G god. Abadioha. They will have an, uh, an altar to all sorts. They had all sorts of altars. Then they now had one altar that they called to, an, to the unknown God. Because there was something in them that said that in case we missed out a God, this altar is to the unknown God. When Paul came to Athens, and on those altars were sacrifices, sacrifices sometimes of human beings, and when Paul came to Athens, Paul did not struggle with the fact that there, was this, there were sacrifices made on that altar. He did not struggle to the fact that probably there were blood of, of, of humans on that altar. He did not begin to argue. He leveraged on the fact that at least the world recognized that there was an unknown God. And he said to this unknown God, I have come to tell you about. Fantastic. And he won the whole city to God. Why do we argue about Christmas when we should leverage Christmas for the glory of God? The world at least recognizes one day. Even if they use it for commerce, we can point their direction back to God. In fact, the world is saying to you, okay, you don't want this Christmas, we'll remove it. Happy holidays. Then what Christmas, Christians go berserk again. Oh, don't remove Christmas from Christ from Christmas. When it was there, you were arguing that it wasn't his birthday. The point is this. We need to let go of things that are irrelevant and focus on the main purpose of life, who is Christ. 
In Luke chapter 2, from verse 8, and this is a fantastic story of the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, from verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, Don't be afraid, because I bring you, what? Good news. Everybody say good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in striped clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The angel appeared to shepherds. I mean, think about it. The angel did not appear to priests. The angel did not appear to kings. The angel did not even appear to scribes. The angels did not appear to Pharisees. The angel appeared, angel appeared to shepherds. So what does that tell us immediately? I mean, it tells us that the lack of spiritual status disqualifies no one from a spiritual experience. The lack of spiritual status disqualifies no one from a, from a spiritual privilege. You cannot say, because I am not a pastor, I can't find God or I can't hear God. You cannot say, because I am not a bishop, because I am not a reverend, because I am not a Pharisee. In fact, God doesn't want to be a Pharisee. They were shepherds. They were ordinary people with no... In fact, in the culture, they were like the... Least recognized professionals, if they were regarded as professionals. And God always chooses to let us know, you and I, that you don't need any special qualification to find God. You may be here today and, you know, your life may be in turmoil and you're like, where is God? Only if I can get a prophet. Only if I can get a pastor, only if I can, a man of God can lay hands on me, listen, God will visit you today. Himself, you don't need special qualification. You don't need a special consecration, as it were. You don't need a special status before God visits you. Moses was just by the backside of the desert, running away and Interestingly, he was a shepherd and God visited him. Gideon was hiding. He was threshing the, 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 the wheat when God 
visited him. Elisha was plowing, was running his business when God visited him. David was in the desert with the sheep when God visited him. What am I saying? All you need to be is where God has called you to be. And God will visit you. Praise the name of the Lord. So, the lack of status does not disqualify you from spiritual privileges. In fact, sometimes status can be a hindrance. Which is why I really don't like titles. I sent an email to someone and I, when I send an email or emails, I usually sign my name Femi. And you know, the person replied, no, 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 no. Don't be saying that. Be saying, Pastor Femi, you're a man of God. And I said to him, I, I, I am just a boy of God. <laughs> I said, no, 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 by any standard, this was his word, by every standard, you're a man of God. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. All I know is that there's the God of men. <laughs> and we are following him. We are following him. I'm not saying that there's not anything wrong with being called a pastor. No, no, no. I'm just saying that we shouldn't be preoccupied with titles. We shouldn't be preoccupied with positions. God said to Abraham, I will make your name great. Your name. God did not say to Abraham, I will make your title great. Your name. And God is going to make your name great in the mighty name of Jesus. So, so verse 10 of Luke 2 that we read, the Bible says, the angel assured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to how many people? I bring you good news. So Christmas is about good news. So, so, so what's the good news in Christmas? In fact, the title of this passage is the good news in Christmas. What's the good news in Christmas? What's the good news about Christmas? The angel said, I bring you good news. What's the big news? Is the good news the, the, the supernatural birth of a child? That the child was giving birth to supernatural. Is that the good news? Is the good news the fact that chicken is waiting at home today? And cake with custard with some nice wine by the side. Is that the good news? Is the good news the gift you have received or about to receive? Is that the good news about Christmas? So what is the good news about Christmas? What is the good news about Christmas? See, I'll tell you a story. I've shared this story before. It's also in the devotional. I think even today's devotional. I, I, I went to a boarding, boarding school my first two years of secondary school until my mom delivered me from that school. It was a great deliverance. She came by a strong hand. <laughs> and she pulled me out. And I'm grateful. 
he read Pastor Bakole uh, on Sunday, right? He was not so privileged. It was there all through. Anyway, we were there first two years. I was there. So, so and, and we, we used to, there's a day, I don't know if modern people still have it today. I think they, they still do. Called the visiting day. That school was a military school. Everything was military style. Anything, anything, any offense, frog jump. Frog jump. Boom, 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 boom. Any offense, 10 press-ups. Imagine, we just came from fresh from primary school. <laughs> it was torture. <laughs> so, and, and you know, when you're coming, you have provisions. You mean they buy stuff for you, right? But, I mean, parents, I don't know, parents just don't get it. Your provisions don't last more than the first two weeks. They just don't understand why. I mean, it, it, just, it just doesn't last. When you have provisions, you, you, you fashy lunch. They say they are ringing the bell for lunch. I say, let them go. You eat everything. <laughs> then after that two weeks, you are the first to queue. <laughs> to queue for lunch. Anyway, so the visiting day are, days are the days where provisions are replenished. It's like... I don't know how to explain. It's like, it's like fresh, cold water to a thirsty soul. So we all look forward to the visiting day. The place is packed. Students are out. Everybody's stretching, you know. And my dad never really used to come. He comes once in a while. Not very good, fathers. Not very good. Children won't forget it. Believe me. But my mom was always coming, always, no matter what happened, no matter what she was going through, she was always, always coming. Mothers are fantastic people. Fantastic people. Always, always coming. She didn't have a lot, but she would always bring some replenishment. But this faithful day, I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened. She probably explained it to me. I, I don't remember it right now. Everybody had their parents come. And one by one by one, everybody's parent left. And I was the only one standing there waiting and waiting. They had to chase me from there. Waiting. And waiting. No provisions. No visitation. Nobody came for me. Even though I later went to steal some provisions. <laughs> I wasn't saved. Don't look at me like that. I'm not born again. I don't steal anymore. <laughs> but that feeling of aloneness, of emptiness, of rejection was strong, was very strong. And I stood there. I had to turn and go. My mom, my dad didn't come for me. But you know the good news about Christmas that God came for us. God 
came for us. Listen, man was not the first creature to rebel against God. Man was not the first creature of God to turn his back on God. Lucifer did. With a third of the angels, they turned their back on God the same way Adam disobeyed God. They disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. But when Satan, as he is known now, fell, God didn't come for him. He didn't come to save him. In fact, his judgment is waiting. But when man fell, God came for us. And that is love. And that is Christmas. In a nutshell, Jesus came to save us. So every time a Savior is born, the devil is irritated. And the devil makes a lot of effort to kill him. Every time a savior is born, you can trace it. When Moses was born, Moses was the savior, a type of Jesus. When he was born, the devil tried to kill him. They killed all the babies. Why? Because it's like, it's a reminder, God is coming for his people. When Jesus was born, when the Savior was born, the same thing, the devil tried to kill him. He tried to eliminate him. Why? Because this Savior has come for his people. When you stand tall in your life, in your industry, in Nigeria, in your home, and you fulfill your destiny, The devil will try to attack you. But since he failed with Jesus, he will fail with you. In Jesus' mighty name. When you have a dream of God, when you've given back to that business that God has given you an idea of, or that career path that God has given you an idea of, the devil wants to kill it the same way if you were at, at the opera on Wednesday. Kill him, kill him. You remember that bit? The same way the devil would say, kill him, kill him. But you see, the good news for you today is this. The devil failed with Jesus. The devil will fail with you. Amen. It could be your education. Kill him. It could be your marriage. Kill the marriage. Kill the marriage. Why? You know, someone, someone said sometimes, you know, a friend of mine, you know, a very funny guy, he, he said one time that, you know, he, he's gone through so much in his life. And, he, and the guy has actually gone through a lot. And he said that, and the devil was always telling him that this life, his life is useless. You can amount to nothing. You are, you are this. Nobody wants you. Nobody likes you. He was even almost committing suicide. Then he said one day, he said to himself, and, and he said to the devil that, wait, if I am that useless, why all this effort to kill me? There must be something about me that you are trying to stop. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's so, 
And his life turned from that day on. If this life is so useless, why are you making so much effort to stop it? If this destiny is so useless, why are you making so much effort to stop it? If my marriage is so worthless, why are you making so much effort to destroy it? If Jesus was so useless, why are you making so much effort to, 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 to kill him? But he failed with Jesus. And he will fail with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The good news of Christmas is so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. That's the good news of Christmas. So that the reality of greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world becomes crystal and becomes clear. That's the good news of Christmas. That's the good news of Christmas. So that you become indestructible. That's the good news of Christmas. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads to pray. I, I want us to just say thank you to the Lord. They say, Father, I, I thank you. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming for me. 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 Thank you. Thank you. The good news of Christmas is so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. I don't know, you may be here this morning and you are like, I'm an ordinary pastor. I'm just a son of man. God wants to transform you to his own son or daughter. And that's not gender specific. This Christmas morning, you're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to reconcile with God. I want to make peace with God. Now I see the good news in Christmas. God did not abandon me. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. My sister, my brother, I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, you say, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head quickly and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand well. 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 God, I'm coming to you today. Put it up. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. I will pray together. God bless you. God bless you. Don't just put it on your head. Put it over your head. God bless you. That hand. Right there. Over your head. Father, we give you praise and glory. Now, the rest of us, I want us to come to God and just say to the Lord, Father, Thank you for coming for me. Thank you because my life is indestructible. Thank you because the enemy cannot destroy my marriage. You are married. Thank you because the enemy cannot destroy the vision and the dreams that you have put in my heart. Why don't you just talk to God? Why don't you just talk to God? That is me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I pray. And I thank you for coming for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you because my life is indestructible. Thank you because my marriage is indestructible. Thank you, Lord, because all that you have for me will come to fruition because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Thank you. Give you praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus, unfailing name, we are prayed. Amen.